he was so incredible that I called my mom after the show. He was in this in this acapella group at Penn called Counterparts. And I called my mom after the show and I go, Mom, I just saw somebody who's going to be famous. Welcome to In Case You Get Hit By a Podcast with Abby Schneiderman and Gene Newman. I'm your host, Angela, and every week I'll be sitting down with Gene and Abby to cover issues related to organizing your life, home, and household. Okay, so I want to do something like we're always talking like there's always these memories or experiences in life that sometimes get forgotten or you want to share with people, but you can't keep them straight. So here's a good icebreaker I'm going to do. Abby, I'm going to start with you. Now, what is the first concert, music concert that you saw that you remember? I went to the Eagles. That was that's my I know. I know my first concert. The Eagles. Take it easy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why it was my first concert. I don't remember them being my favorite band. I don't remember why that happened to be the first concert. I think I went with a boyfriend of mine who was a race car driver. And I think his, I think his dad took us. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I wish I had a better story. No, I, I can't. I, I can't really make fun of it because my what first was concert was was Billy Joel, and my second <laughs> concert was Billy Joel. <laughs> so I, you know, so I think maybe that's the thing. You were taken to these shows. Well, Winnie had my daughter. Winnie had an amazing first band experience. She was. Um, she went to see. Well, so Ben used to work with this band called OAR, and when they were playing a few years ago, Ben got. Winnie and and Ben and I tickets and he got her to go backstage and meet the band and basically watch the watch some of the show from behind the stage get pictures with the whole band she will never forget that that first show for the rest of her life totally spoiled We, we, we knew it as soon as it happened we were like oh this is this is horrible why did we do this because she's never going to enjoy another show again she got she got lucky though because she got a musical mom and also a dad like that's crazy into music so it's different like for for my parents you know it wasn't like they like music but my mom it's like my mom took me to like Broadway shows like that was her thing she liked show tunes my dad like you know like every dad Frank Sinatra or like you know fifties my music. dad's in a little band oh okay. they play like yeah. My dad's super musical, um, like total opposite of like sporty dad. Mm-hmm. He like grew up playing guitar since he was like seven. And now he's like, our basement is like this whole like studio setup. So I guess I probably went to like a couple like shows with him. He was like into like Eric Clapton, but then also like hard stuff like Judas Priest. And- oh, wow. See, but that's yeah. cool. Like that's something again, your dad knowing this. Like when I remember talking to my dad and I was like, I know you're a huge Frank Sinatra fan. Have you ever seen him? And he's like, Oh, many times. And he'd tell me about when he was in Vegas and he tell and I was like, Wow, I had no idea about that. Now here's the thing. What's a show? So we said the first show, that's the icebreaker. What's like the one that you'd say is the most memorable? I'd say like the loudest, but also like one of the coolest ones in retrospect I went to, and it was Neil Young with Crazy Horse. So, you know, Neil Young has two versions. He has like the acoustic, very, you know, melodic. And then he has one that will split your skull in half. So I went there and the opening acts, it was Social Distortion, then Sonic Youth 
and then Neil Young. And those are bands that I, I mean, it's pretty, it was pretty amazing, but I'd say by the time Neil Young was on stage, my friend and like our ears were already like bleeding and you could feel your stomach just being, it, it was amazing. I'd never felt that much sound power controlling my entire body where at times you had to sit down because you're like, I'm getting dizzy, but it was incredible. And I would not take that. I'd never do it again. And I suggest everyone earplugs when you go to shows. I used to make fun of people for that. Now I'm, I'm regretting it at times, but earplugs, but that was painful. Angela, what about you? You have to have something that happened since you went to all these punk shows in the middle of nowhere. One that really sticks out to me is, um, I think it was at like Webster Hall or something, but it was New Year's Eve when I went and it was like this band called The Lone Bellow. And so now, and like, they're more like folky, you know, I really grew from the punk stuff, (laughs) but (laughs) you're progressing. I, yeah, but I just like associate this band now with like this, like awesome show and like this awesome memory. I remember like the lights, they like had it done up all great. They like stopped the middle of their set for like a countdown and like had my best friends. And it was just like such a like smushy little moment. There's this band that I have a really, probably the biggest connection to, um, and which is this, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, Angela, but they're sort of, they sort of have punk roots, but it's called Jack's Mannequin um, by yes. Andrew, Andrew McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you don't like them or not, but... Uh, no, I like them. So <laughs> the company that I founded before Everplans was called Haystack, and Haystack was one of the very first music social networking platforms. And one of the things that we did was we filmed, um, we went to South by Southwest every year, we would film bands, we would interview bands, and then we would post that content. And um, and the whole idea was that people would would create playlists of music and listen to sort of like a very early version of what Spotify ended up becoming. And one of the bands that we interviewed was this band, Jack's Mannequin. I loved Jack's Mannequin. They were amazing. And then, um, and, and he had this incredible album. Um, and it turned out that after he recorded the whole album, it, it turned out that he had uh, been diagnosed with leukemia. And the whole album is really all about a person going through this whole experience. And at the time, one of our very dear friends, one of my best, best friends got diagnosed with the exact same type of leukemia. And we played him this music and and got him into Jack's Mannequin too, and then ended up getting Andrew McMahon to leave a, of create a video message for my friend. And we ended up taking our friend to see this Jack's Mannequin show where Andrew McMahon came. It was his first show after he was in remission from leukemia. And he did the most incredible thing. I will never forget this. He, he tells his crowd that he's back. He is, he's, you know, in remission from having leukemia. He thought he was going to die, but he's, he's alive. And he said, and my fans, you know, are my my fans and and music and this whole thing here is what has gotten me through this. And I know you are here for me. I know how here for me you are, that I'm going to jump into the audience right now. And I know you are going to carry me all the way to the back of the theater and all the way back to the stage. And he jumps into the audience. And I have the chills right now, even thinking about it. And 
and the the crowd carried like it was just this mo- the most incredible and our friend was there seeing it and when our friend ended up going through his what's it called when you get get it again um yeah. our friend's cancer came back and he was listening to Andrew McMahon's um song swim the entire time he said that he was doing one of his treatments to try to get through it. It's everything in transit. Yeah. So he didn't know when he was recording that album, he didn't know that he had leukemia. And if you listen now to the record, every song is so foreshadowing. He's talking about how he's feeling and, and, and now knowing what he was actually going through. It's, I mean, if that story is true, it's just pretty unbelievable. It's incredible. So my favorite concert was David Gray, but my favorite artist is is Andrew McMahon because we have this really special feeling about him. See, now that's another thing. And I, I'm so glad. It's like you read my mind because I wanted to bring up like a special moment you saw at a concert because that is incredibly special. It blows mine away because, okay, here's something that might shock you. I love the Indigo Girls. Love them. I know. I, I, it doesn't seem that way. Seen them so many times growing up. I love that. You know, I, and, and they did something at a show that, that I'd never seen. I was at, uh, I think it was tower theater in Philly and it's like a big place, you know, they play. And every time they were there, I'd go down and see them. And it was amazing. Cause they're on stage. Just both of them. They're, they're just exactly like how you'd expect them to sound live. And my friend and I, you know, we both like play guitar and like acoustic and you could learn their songs. And at one point we shouted out a request, a song that wasn't even there, a song that we heard them do a cover of on a bootleg. It was called A Love of the Common People. And we had them and they do it because the thing that they do so well is they do these harmonies in it that aren't in the like the original and how they do it together. It was just an amazing song that we heard. So we were shouted it out in the concert and it's a big theater. And they said, you know what? We haven't played that in a while. It's around the holiday time. So we're going to do a Christmas song and we're going to do that. So let's do it. They did it, played it. And afterwards, I went up to the stage because, you know, it was a nerdy thing. I'd like to see like playlists and set lists and everything. Saw their set list that was right on the stage. It was not on there. So I was like, my fr- my friend John and I were like, they actually, the Indie Girls actually played a song that we requested we got to hear it live and they in the middle of a show that they did and after that i just felt like wow this they are like into this and also you know that whole atlanta you know with rem and and so many bands came out of atlanta at that time and a lot of people think of like the 80s or late 80s as just like pop synth and all that stuff but there was really amazing musicians so this was another moment but this doesn't really i don't know if this counts but i was a freshman in college and I went, I went to the University of Pennsylvania, Penn, and it was Freshman Performing Arts Night, where freshmen come and all of the performing arts groups on campus per, uh, perform to try to get people interested to join their, their clubs or their groups. And I went to this event, and this guy gets up on stage, and his name is John Stevens, and he performs this song, and... He was so incredible that I called my mom after the show. He was in this in this acapella group at Penn called Counterparts. And I called my mom after the show and I go, Mom, I just saw somebody who's going to be famous. 
his name is John Stevens. I have no idea who he is, but I want to be in their group. And I auditioned for their group. John Stevens turns out to be John Legend, um, later became John Legend. And, and I ended up auditioning for his group and auditioning for all the other group, all, all the other um, similar acapella groups at Penn. And I ended up getting into the two top, I, I got into John's group and I got into their rival group. And John, my claim to fame is that, first of all, seeing him in this in this way when he was a senior in college and he was just so incredible and unbelievable. You just knew it looking at him that this guy was so... Yeah. And that's not just little fame. That's not just like, hey, I've heard of him. It's like everyone like from children to grandparents know him. So he's crossed generations of fame because <laughs> how many people have you seen that you're like oh this person might go on to something but you seem to know the moment you saw him this is no joke like he's the real deal you just there was no no denying it obviously not as dramatic as john legend and also like not about fame not my special concert moment but one of my dear friends carolyn um at a concert we were like maybe 15 maybe and she sees this guy on the stage. She's like, he's really cute, kind of into him. They talk, whatever, after the show. And she says, I think I'm going to marry him. And, you know, everyone says that when they're like 15. They just got engaged in January. No way. They've been together. Yep. For like 10 years, they just got engaged. And she like, was like, yeah, I just, I just knew when I talked to him. That that was that was my guy. Wow, that's amazing. That's what my husband would say when he when he saw me. <laughs> that's what he's. That's his story. He said when I walked when I walked in the door, he knew. I I did not feel the same way, but he did. <laughs> so, like I said, my dad's a musician. Like, was in a band most of his time growing up. He's now in a little old man band now. It's really cute, um, but. <laughs> to set the scene, it's the 70s, 80s, early 80s. Um, he's wearing leather pants, you know, playing at Battle of the Bands at some bar. Has no idea, hasn't met my mom yet. But they figured it out after they had been married for a few years that she and her cousin, she was underage, but she would like go sneak into the bars to watch all these bands play at Battle of the Bands every single year. So she's like, I've definitely seen him play like 10 years before I even met him. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if there's footage of that, though. If there is like now there would be footage of everything. But if there was footage of like, wow, he's on stage and they pan the crowd. and There's your mom yeah. <laughs> underage <laughs> trying to hide from the camera, <laughs> dancing up and down. That's what, that, It makes it so important because you realize the more you think about it and the more shows you think you've seen or the more songs that matter to you it you know a lot of people think like what are those meaningful ones because it's hard to pick like your favorite band or your favorite song uh, but keeping that stuff together it does kind of bridge people together because if you i'm personally if you've met someone who said like oh, i don't care about music i don't like it at all then you'd be like wow uh we you're a sociopath there's something wrong with you you need to get help because it's everyone, even people I know that you think wouldn't be into anything, have some song, something that means something to them and why it means something to them. And getting that stuff down, like these stories, 
everyone should do this. Everyone should sit around with their family because I guarantee people like when I talk to people that grew up in England and they're like, yeah, I remember these two guys they'd hang out and it turns out to be like Led Zeppelin. And I'm sure years before that, they're like, yeah, I used to be in a bar and it turns out to be the Beatles or it turns out to be, yeah, this guy, he was good on guitar and it's like Jimi Hendrix, like someone they saw early on. And you're like, wow, you actually experienced something that no one else, you know, that very few people did and everyone has those. And it kind of then leads to things where you start listening to music. I listened to a lot of early rock because my dad would play tape in a car that had like, you know, Little Richard and Chuck Berry and, and those things that ended up becoming really influential in my life later when I realized, wow, this was like history. This, these, are, these are musicians that paved the way to everything we're listening to now. And a lot of them that didn't even get the credit for it, especially when you listen to like old soul, you know, old blues, it really makes a difference. And I know we work with people that are crazy into jazz and things like, you know, where they, they have their families playing along with them. And knowing where that comes from means that it's more than just a story or a song. It actually becomes part of your life. This podcast is brought to you by Everplans, the app designed to guide you through securely storing and sharing your most important information. We're pretty much everywhere you are, so be sure to follow us. We're at Everplans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. See you next week.